0: In Texas, over half of our high school graduates choose to go to college the first fall after high school graduation. Each ethnic group in the state is growing in the percentage of students who choose to go to college. Hispanic high school grads increased from 44% to 53%. African-American graduates who chose to go to college rose from 45% to 52%. White and other ethnic groups really didn't change much, but they're high, ranging from 59% to 75%. But where do all these people get the money they need to pay for college? That is really a nagging question for families. We may want our kids to go to college, but we may worry about the debt that we're gonna incur to pay for it. Welcome to Little Elm ISD's Tuesday Talks, a podcast from Little Elm ISD that connects parents and experts on the hottest topics affecting Little Elm students and families. In our podcast, we talk to an expert and we bring you the information you need to know about important issues facing today's students. I'm your host, Deborah Deverage, the Middle School Intervention Counselor for Little Elm ISD. I've been with Little Elm for five years and spend my days helping kids find school success, particularly when they are experiencing difficulties personally, behaviorally, or academically. Today, we will be sharing the second podcast in a series about college. Last week, we talked about how to choose a college or university. This week, we're gonna talk about how to pay for it. That's a big issue, but we wanna help you by providing you some direction as you look for financial aid. We also will talk about the process of completing applications. So, grab a pencil and paper and be ready to write down a few tips, right? Even if you need to pause us for a minute to get that (laughs) paper and pencil. Get ready, because we've got a lot to share. Once again today, I'm joined by Keisha Brown, the coordinator for K-12 college readiness in Little MISD. Keisha works with teachers and students and families to help our Lobos prepare for life after high school.
1: Welcome, Keisha. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so looking forward to our topic today. It is one of my (laughs) favorites. So thank you. All right. Well, good. I'm glad because I think
0: it's also one of the ones that we tear our hair out about the most. It is. It is. So how do we apply, and then once we apply, how do we pay for it? That's really what we're going to cut down to today. So right. let's start with the applicant You know, before I start, i got to say to our audience, yes. can you tell we're wearing masks? Yes, yes. We are in the middle of COVID, and we're sitting very close at a microphone. Yes. But we- so we are wearing our masks, and I hope it's not hindering your ability to understand us. Yes. But do know that we- I know it probably sounds a little different, but anyway. <laughs> So we're talking about the application and the paying for it. We're going to start today. How do we apply? But then once we apply, how do we pay for it, right? Let's start now today. We'll start with the conversation with the application. Do families apply for each college that they're interested in, or is there a way to complete one application and just send it to multiple schools?
1: You know, Deborah, a few years ago, it became very popular to have these common applications. In the state of Texas, we have the Apply Texas application. And this is the application that our students will use to apply to any public school in Texas. Okay, so you just said it, only the public schools. Well, any public school, but many of our private schools in Texas have gotten on board as well to make it easier for our students. So say, for instance, you may want to apply to Baylor and Texas State then you could do that with that application. Okay, and that's called Apply Texas. Apply Texas, yes. And so we also have the Common Application, and that is an application that many of our private schools use, out-of-state schools, Ivy League schools. And so, again, you can use that one application to apply to many schools. Even public schools are starting to use the Common Application. Mm -hmm. There's also the Coalition, which is... This is
0: the third one on your list, (laughs) right? Yes. The
1: Coalition. The Coalition. Which is a new one. And, and Debra, you can look at the websites, and you could go to commonapp.org, applytexas.org, coalition.org, and it will tell you which schools that you can use that application for. Um, So, the coalition, and then there is the Historically Black Common application that... um, it applies to all of our HBCUs or Historically Black Colleges and Universities. There's a common application for that as well. So okay. those are the most popular so ones. Four that are. four different ones. Okay, yes, so,
0: so then you've got your application, but of course we're going to talk about financial aid tonight. It's very important. So what right. are the applications that we use for the financial aid
1: piece? So the first one and the most popular that everyone is aware of is FAFSA. That's F A F s a and it stands for free keyword there free 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 application for federal student aid i'm gonna pause right there because many times parents will say oh i got an email that said if i pay 80 dollars, they'll fill my fafsa out for me and guarantee that i get that is a scam parents that is a scam so please the first word in the FAFSA is free. Free, do So it's, it's, it's free. free to fill out. Yay, so don't please free. don't pay anyone to, to complete a FAFSA. Okay. okay, Very, very important. The next one is the TASFA. Okay, And so that is an application that anyone would use only in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Only in the state of Texas and only if you are not a United States citizen.
0: Oh. If
1: you are not a United States citizen you are not eligible to complete the FAFSA application Mm -hmm. because you're not eligible to receive federal aid. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you are not a United States citizen, but you are a resident of Texas, you are eligible to complete the TASFA application because you are eligible to receive state aid. Okay. okay, so I always like to just kind of make mm-hmm. a difference between those two, mm-hmm. and then there is the CSS profile that is only used by private schools, and that application is not free. You actually do have to okay. pay a fee. That's the one we'll pay. For. Yes, that of is course, the one pay we'll... a private school. It's Everything a private school. More. Everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yes, ma'am. All right. So, so this is this is a little complicated. I'm so glad that you are on campus to answer questions daily for students. Yes. Um. And I know that people kind of get myths and ideas, false things. What are some false things that people think about this whole process?
1: So one of them, and I'll I'll touch on the financial aid real fast. One of them is, oh, you know, I have two parents in my home and we both have decent jobs, so I'm just not going to fill out a FAFSA. Anyone who is eligible, meaning if you are a U.S. citizen, you're eligible to complete a FAFSA, you should complete one. Yeah, you should do it. It's free. It doesn't take that much time for you to complete that application. So I always advise everyone to do it. Here are my top reasons why. Let's say your child is in college and you're getting ready to start and it's time to pay the bill. No one wants to take out a loan, Deborah. That's the last <laughs> thing we want to do. Yeah. But what if you have to take out a mm-hmm. loan? You will not be offered an educational loan that does not have to be paid back until six months after you graduate without a FAFSA. Okay. That's different than going to Wells Fargo and say, oh, I need a loan for college. Mm-hmm. Well, you take that loan out from a bank, any institution, and they're going to say, okay, sure, you're approved for this amount of money, but you start making the payments right, right away. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's very different. Okay? So that is something that I want to, that's a myth mm-hmm. that I want parents to know about. And then also, um, as far as the financial aid is concerned, when, when parents are filling out the FAFSA, they believe that, you know, we won't qualify for anything. Many colleges and universities will use the FAFSA to qualify students for scholarships. So there's a general day all over the country that they say is decision day. And that's May 1st. Supposedly, you're supposed to let a college know whether or not you will attend, you will accept a scholarship, many things like that. For those students who say, I'm not going to attend that school, what do you think happens to that money that they have assigned to that student? That college is going to go back into the pool and look for students who were not allocated any scholarships no. and okay. give it to them. And sometimes it's based on the FAFSA. Mm-hmm. So that's two big reasons why I tell parents, don't just say, I'm not going to complete a FAFSA. Okay. okay. Another myth about the application process is I have to turn in all of my documents together at one time in a nice, neat package. Okay. That is a myth you could turn in your application at one point your transcript at one point your essay at one point okay your application fee at one point it doesn't matter but what i want you to keep in mind until your application file is complete they will not process it so you so don't really takes, submit it until you but you can
0: pause and
1: write you it. can submit things but they will not process okay. your file Meaning, they're not going to look at it. They need it all. It's just, they need all the information. Right. It's okay. just going to be there in a file under your name, and then once they have everything, they will process it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I mention that is because a lot of times students will say, well, I applied to that school six weeks ago and I haven't heard anything. Okay. You really did not apply six because weeks ago. Because you didn't get all, all, you all did, the things. Yes. Okay. All you did was turn the application in six weeks okay. ago. So that's something I want them to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Also, one application is better than the other. It's not. It's not. Don't okay. think, oh well, I have a better chance of getting in if I use the Common App over the Apply Texas. Okay. It does not matter to the colleges. Okay. They are trying to make the process easier for students by giving them an opportunity to apply with one application. Mm-hmm. It does not matter to the colleges which one you use, as long as you use one that they accept. And you do it all the way and complete and turn in all the parts. Turn right. in all the parts. All the parts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then, this is a huge myth that I deal with, especially this time of year where deadlines are coming up, mm-hmm. deadlines don't matter. You will, you will find out the hard way by mm-hmm. missing deadlines. Yeah. Deadlines can be very serious. Yeah. And when you're talking about piecemealing your application, piecemealing your documents, mm-hmm. you better make sure from that college that your application file must be complete by the, by the deadline. deadline. Okay.
0: And, you know, our kids, we, we give them deadlines for for stuff, and then we let them turn it in late yes. and turn it in late. And so maybe they get in that habit, but colleges are not no, doing that. they are not. We don't, yeah. So but, you've got to get it done on time. All right. Yes. So you mentioned something just a second ago. You are talking about making decisions in yes. May 30th. And I've heard all these words, and I want you to explain to us maybe the difference between an early action and an early decision.
1: Right. So there, there are. So early action, if you're completing an application and you're doing it through early action, that means that a college has will guarantee that they will give you a decision by a certain day. I'm okay. going to give you an example. Let's say Kalamazoo College mm-hmm. says if you apply by November 1st, then we guarantee we will give you an admission decision by December 1st. Okay. That's early action. Yeah. There are no strings attached. Doesn't mean it. It just means we'll You'll give h- you an early decision. Okay. 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 Early, an early action. Right. An early action. Right. Okay. Early decision is binding. Ooh. So, that, so actually there is a document. That has to be signed by the counselor who is me mm-hmm. and your parent mm-hmm. your parent has to know that you are applying to a college through early decision because that decision is binding so if you're applying to kalamazoo college and they say if you apply by november 1st and you're applying early decision we promise to let you know the decision by december 1st but when we give you that decision if it is a positive decision that says, congratulations, you've been admitted, you have to rescind all of your applications from any college you have applied to. Oh, because wow. it is a binding agreement. So why, what's the benefit of that? Some students feel like you know, they have a better opportunity, especially with some of our Ivy League schools. Because if you're applying to a school early decision, you're well aware that that's binding. Mm-hmm. So it looks like that is... Your, your number one choice. That is
0: the one you want.
1: I'm Deborah, coming. Yeah, you're okay. A, you're a smart lady. Yes, okay. it's, that's it. Yeah. it. That looks like, hey... You are my school or bust. I want this school more than anything. I'm yeah. I'm willing to rescind any other any app- other application yeah. that will I've turned take in. Me. Yes. And okay. so that's why some students okay. do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see. All mm-hmm. right. So
0: that's the difference between early action, which is not binding, right? Early decision, which, which is. is
1: binding. yes.
0: All right. So I filled out the FAFSA. Mhm. I've applied to my safe schools. Yes. I've applied to my reach schools. Now, what I get from FAFSA, Mm -hmm. FAFSA may not pay the whole thing. I'm going to hopefully get a little bit of money, but it may not pay for everything. But don't worry, right? right? Right. Because there is money out there waiting for you. Yes. So join us next time because we are going to have a conversation about the big word that starts with an S, scholarship. Yes, ma'am. We're talking free money (laughs) out there to be found. So, let us help you with some tips for how to find it next time. Oh, Keisha, thank you so much for being here sharing all this stuff. I I I, I hope our people were writing things down because it was a lot. It yes. was a lot to get in it just a, lot. a few minutes. And I just appreciate, I know all of us do in the district, appreciate your work preparing our lobos for the future. our listeners for joining our second podcast in this series about college. To hear other episodes, visit www.littleelmisd.net support services and then select counseling services. Tuesday Talks episodes can be found there and on your favorite podcast place. We'll be back next time with an important conversation about finding and applying for scholarship. Yes, (laughs) ma'am.